0: Today we're joined by Katie Wesley, technical writer of the Spaceship Company, and Ron, space educator, and probably gonna be going to space pretty soon. I think he's one of the first cus- customers at the spaceship company. We get into a bit of their backstory, you know, how they got where they are, and then we just start talking about space. At one point in time there is a fire drill, but I explained it at the time, and we transition to the second part, which is recorded on a different day. Please let me know if you like the second part because I I really enjoy just more of a free-flowing conversation about different space, like the the topic that we all three of us enjoyed. And if people like that a lot, you should send me an email, you know, contact me on my Twitter, what have you, and let me know so I know to do more stuff like that. Thank you tune in every tuesday to the learning with Lowell podcast with me your host Lowell, to hear world-class scientists startup founders ceos and authors people who you wouldn't normally hear about but are making huge waves all the same you'll understand them and their work by hearing their passion laughter advice and hearing them the experts break down what they're working on so that you can learn push the boundaries of your knowledge and understanding three quick ways to show your support and get unique exclusive and fun content is by checking out learning with website our patreon page even if it's just a buck it keeps is advertisement-free and subscribing. What what was the thing that first brought you to space?
1: Working for this company is actually my first foray into the space industry. Growing up as a kid, I was always really into airplanes and going to air shows and, of course, stargazing and things like that. I was always really out, outside a lot. And, and, of course, I think everyone kind of has similar things of staring up at the stars and wondering how you can get there and get closer and Actually, my my husband started working for the spaceship company first about five years ago. And then I just realized how much he loved this place and this company and, and what he was working on, that the first instance that there was something that I qualified for, I applied for the job and got here. And then from there, almost immediately when I first started, there was an opportunity to run our community outreach program that tries to inspire local students from the area to come and learn about what we're doing and and learn about space and about stem and ways that they can get involved and I've been doing that now for 3 years and I've I've loved every second of that that's kind of been my it's kind of my, my first foray into it and I've loved every minute
2: Yeah for me yeah I think I've, I've been I've been fascinated by the the night sky for as long as I can remember you know looking up at the stars and wondering what I was seeing and how far away they were and, and how our – are are Existence on Earth, you know, relates to that, and then also a really strong influence for me was watching Apollo landings when I was a kid. I was nine years old when uh, they landed on the moon for the first time, and understanding that journey and how they made that and how, how the how the you know what they brought back from it was 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 really a big inspiration. And uh, I don't work in the space industry, but I've been doing volunteer uh, classroom uh, activities uh, since 1995. Uh, related to space and astronomy with students and adults.
0: Yeah. Are, are you, are you like content where you are, or do you, are you moving? Are you working towards a, a goal?
1: Um, I have a couple career personal goals that I didn't really think of before I started working here that have kind of been influenced by what I've learned and what I've been exposed to with this company. Ultimately, my, my husband has his a and air his airframe and power plant license. It's a license from the FAA saying that you're licensed to work on aircraft and anything with a power plant. I want to get my AMP license and I can do that without going to university. You can actually do that by studying under someone for five years and getting them to basically sign off on your knowledge. And, you know, you study the books and you don't necessarily have to take the courses in person. You can do them, study at home and then take the test. And then ultimately, I also want to become a design engineer, which is funny. I never thought of something like that as being possible for me or that I was smart enough or it was something that I that I could do and and now working here and realizing how how good I am at understanding the the technical jargon and how things work and how they work together it's been it's been really amazing to kind of have that little spark in my brain realize that I could have done this you know 10 years ago when I was you know coming out of college I could have continued on and become an engineer and and maybe this was just the right timing of realizing that you know I'm I'm 30 and I I can go back to school and I can become an engineer and I can work in something really, really cool that I never thought was possible for me.
2: For me, going forward, I just uh, want to have this this era of commercial space travel be, you know, understood and, and inspire as many you know students and people as we can reach. Seeing Virgin Galactic uh, announced as a project back when Spaceship One uh, won the Ansari X Prize and went, went to space with one person, it just it was very obvious to me that once Virgin Galactic starts flying, their their customers and having me and other people see the Earth from a suborbital space and thinking about the the transformation that has and could have will have in people's thinking, just want to uh, trying to take advantage of that as best I can and uh, share you know help help Galactic. Future astronauts be ready to sh- to share their experiences, you know, with the public and especially with students. Um, think, you know, thinking about how the Galactic has men and women from 38 or so different countries that will be the first man or first woman from their respective country to go to space, and uh, the uh, the you know thinking about the kinds of inspiration those people can uh, provide to to students in their countries is uh, is really exciting.
0: What was the program called where you you could like study under someone? Is that is it like a specific program or is it just like something that's known?
1: It's just something that's known, it's not a specific program that you study under. Um it's just it's the requirement from the FAA in order to get the AMP license if you didn't go to a technical institution and and study for 2 years and get that via your college experience. They have a they have a requirement, it's a known requirement that if you if you study under it might actually be less than five years now. It used to be five years. I think it might be two or three now. But if you study under or work under a licensed A and P, they can they can impart their knowledge and their expertise onto you and then you have to pass, you know, the the practical exam, the general exam, and then there's also there's a hands on where they give you some sort of identify this part of the engine and then overhaul it. You know, how would you do that? So it's I don't think it's it's not something that's a specific course or anything like that it's just a it's a known requirement by the faa in order to get your P without going to university
0: well i kind of like the fact that it's like a the old-time apprenticeship system like you know you're in and then you can kind of work your way into an industry which i mm-hmm. which, which i didn't think existed anymore so i just i love the idea that there's an alternative than, than to go to school which is fantastic the second question is so design engineering what what about that interests you and what's making you feel like you'd be great at it
1: I think part of that is the influence of of the job that I have now um, I work as a technical writer for the spaceship company and part of my job is to research and and identify the different parts of the different systems of the vehicle and how they work and how a maintenance technician would, do a removal or an install or a servicing procedure on that component or that system. So part of that requirement is to go through all the engineering documents and interview the engineers on how that system works and how it it works alongside other systems and the structure of the vehicle itself. And that's really the part that has interested me the most about this job and not so much the writing part of it, but the, the research part and understanding how the systems interact with each other and how you know, one little change in that one system could impact the entire performance of the vehicle. And it's just been, it's just so interesting. And so just the minute detail and the the small little, you know, wrench you could throw in there that could completely change how the system performs. That's really been the most fun part of the job I have now is, is working with engineering and understanding how everything works together. And that just really kind of sparked this interest in me becoming an engineer and, and, getting to work on that all the time and getting to see ways that we could improve different systems by changing certain things. And yeah, that's kind of what what sparked that interest.
0: So Ron, how would you, as someone who's kind of, you know, been through a little bit more, is there any recommendations or suggestions you'd give to someone like Katie who's thinking about doing a similar transition?
2: Yeah, the space industry is, yes, there's a lot of, there's a big need for engineers and, and people with that kind of specialty, uh, you know, whether it's structural engineering or, uh, mechanical engineering or, you know, rocket propulsion, uh, types of things. But, um, there's also, you know, varieties of jobs in, in other fields. Like I think, uh, we talk to, you know, middle school students a lot. So, so, uh, for them, you know, if they're really interested in say video games and they're really good at figuring out how to network computers together, that kind of interest could lead to a position in in IT uh, for an aerospace company, for any company really. Um, or if they like working with their hands and do, doing maker types of projects, um, there's jobs in aerospace and at, even at the spaceship company where where uh, people with two year technical degrees, not not a not a graduate degree, but a, just a trade degree, um, you know, are making up and building the spaceship you know, with their hands and and laying out you know, carbon fiber and creating structures, you know, in the vehicles. Um, and, you know, there's opportunities for students that are uh, interested in, you know, graphics and art design. There's there's a woman that works for uh, Virgin Galactic or Virgin Orbit uh, that's, you know, designing flight suits and doing, you know, graphics on the web. So, you know, she never expected to be working in the space industry, but, you know, you know, there she is. So I think really the big message is, the bottom line really is, you know, be be curious and be uh, to find something you really love doing, and be ready to work hard
0: at being really good at it. I, I think, Ron, you want to go to space, but Katie, would would you want to go to space as well?
1: Absolutely, I I would uh, if the ticket price comes down, or I somehow manage to win the lottery without buying a ticket. Um, I would one hundred percent be flying with this program, and I think if there's ever an opportunity for employees to get a discounted ticket or you know maybe someone is sick and can't fly on their designated flight date and there's an open seat uh, i would definitely jump at the opportunity and do as, as many favors as possible to make that seat be mine so yes i would love to I'm,
0: sur- I'm surprised there isn't like a inter inter-company raffle so people can get in every now and again or like a, a nice discount like hey you work here get into this raffle you have a 60 one in 60 chance i don't know how many people work there probably a lot a one in four thousand chance of going and seeing space That'd be pretty cool.
1: That's something that we've talked about before is, you know, maybe we'll do a lottery if you've worked here for X number of years, we'll throw your name in the hat and make that available to you. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility for that. Not in the near future. I mean, obviously, we've got to fly paying customers first, but I'm hopeful and have my fingers crossed that that day will come where I either get a wildly discounted or possibly free ticket. So, yeah, holding crossing everything and hoping.
2: Especially when you get more more vehicles. I mean, there's one vehicle that's. Flown rocket-powered flights down in, in testing, and two more under construction. But once there's, Gosh. once those three are, are all operating, or you add two more, then um,
0: so at that point there was a fire alarm, so we decided to kind of pause and re- reconvene another day. And so the second part we get into more just talking about the space industry in general. So you get a little bit of a normal episode and a little bit of a trying something different. Let me know what you think. We were talking about how it's been a while since we've had the ability to put astronauts in space from the U.S. soil, but like, you think that's also a good thing, Ron, because it made us a little bit more interconnected with the rest of the world. Like, is there anything really spectacular going on in the in the U.S. arenas? Because I know I know SpaceX is like they're like launching like thirty six launches. Ooh, yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. going nuts. But, so like, yeah, how how um anything like that that you think is being not a, not as noted? Like I think SpaceX gets a lot of the bandwidth when it comes to the U.S. Well, there's a, I think
2: there's a lot going there's a lot going on that doesn't get much media coverage, and I think in the next year or so you'll see a lot more. NASA just announced the uh, last week ago Friday the, the first a, the first NASA NASA crews are going to fly on the new spacecraft that'll go to the station, a new American built uh, spacecraft. So, yeah, there's a a ton going on, and and I think it's really three big things. Uh, NASA and, you know, they're flying, like they're building three different spaceships. Uh, Well, they're contracting for two and building one themselves. For commercial crew and NASA astronauts, there's Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin flying uh, commercial suborbital flights probably within the year. Most likely within the year, and then small satellite. There's a kind of a small satellite revolution going on, with uh, Virgin Orbit and other companies launching satellites, and companies like OneWeb developing constellations of satellites that'll bring internet coverage to remote areas of the world that that don't have any coverage now. So, yeah, NASA things, commercial, commercial tourist suborbital flights, and small satellites, all all going to be happening. Uh, in a big way in the next few years,
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, I know that you kind of get the the big names, you know like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, that tend to tend to get the spotlight the most often. Of course, it helps when you're a billionaire, I suppose. Mm-hmm. but but definitely I think I think also just the fact that people are talking about space more than they have in the last ten or fifteen years with unfortunately the 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 new realization again that people still think that the earth could be flat. Um, that's a little bit terrifying, but just other just other things that people get to get to think about now that we're privatizing what used to be only government money. I think that that's really the biggest thing that's changing is that shift. People realizing that that private money has a bit more to do with the space exploration now than it ever had before, where it used to all be government, ex- you know, experiences and government astronauts that were that were the ones you know foraying out into deep space and and now it could be anyone really you know provided you can either buy the ticket or pay for the experiment pretty much anyone and everyone could learn and participate more in space than was ever available to them before
0: i cannot tell if the flat earth for people are being serious or if they're just joking because well, I read the forums, like, when they are commenting. And I can't, you know, like, sometimes someone's trolling or, like, being incendiary on purpose. I can't tell. Like, mm-hmm. I can't tell if they're just, like, very genuinely believe something or if they're joking. And I, I I, would like to believe that there's a component of joking to some of them. Because, like, you can kind of tell the world is, like, you can, we've, we've been able to tell the world is round for, like, 3,000, like, three to 4,000 4, years. They did it with math yeah. and shadows. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like how do you discount that shadows are different lengths at the same time of day?
1: Propaganda, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Propaganda.
0: The shadows are in <laughs> on it.
2: <laughs> it's almost. It's almost. Well, I think uh, uh, internet and communication helps a lot. And there, there's forums for that, and there's people that have incentive to to make kind of outlandish statements and and get notoriety for that. So anyway, I don't I don't pay a lot of attention to that because I don't <laughs> think there's much arguing or trying to convince people. You know that kind of thinking
0: otherwise yeah it's so. it's it, it's, just, it's a healthy thing to do i think it's like with with you guys actually doing things it's, it's better to focus on the doing than kind of like looking out of the corner eye and to, seeing yeah. someone like jump up and down and doing goofy stuff and distracting you <laughs> distracting you yeah. from the mission yeah
2: we have to believe at least a little bit you know it's I, I do a lot of work with students and you know from time to time a student will ask me gee you know did we really land on the moon and like well Yes, because there's pictures of the hardware on the surface, and you could see the tracks and the footprints and the pictures they brought back and everything. So I kind of, you know, you have to at least have some faith in in what's being reported and and what's and and you know what's what's you see. It's I mean to me it's almost like saying, oh yeah, you know people say there's this thing called Africa and you know they say that they've been there and they have pictures of it, but you know, I don't, I haven't seen it. And I think it's all, you know, just government propaganda. It's like, okay. <laughs> at some point, you know, it seems like we're going way too far and not mean, things. So.
0: Talking about images, are there, cause like, like two of the most beautiful images or at least images that I find very inspiring are the one where they, they turned around when, I think it was Voyager. Like they turned around, and, like snapped a picture. Like Carl Sagan got yeah. them to do this, and it it like yeah. captures Earth with the, like that little pillar of light. And then yeah. l- when they captured the Earth from the Moon, yeah. there's a dog. But uh, yeah, I'm good. just curious. Like, are yeah, there <laughs> are there key images or key things like that that you you two think that are beautiful that that you've been exposed to or you think about regularly?
1: Absolutely. I mean, especially especially with the ability to have more clear pictures of our planets. Some of the, I think the most incredible things that I've seen, you know, within the last year have been the pictures that they've been able to get very clear of places like Pluto and Saturn. And, you know, we're we're about to be sending a, a probe straight at the sun. So I can imagine there's probably going to be some pretty incredible images along the way to there as well. That just, it's just it's hard to imagine how incredible that would look in person. I mean, the photos are amazing, but just like just like photos that you can see of anything, of of a of a country, of our spaceship, of whatever you can see in a, a photo that just looks incredible. But imagine seeing that for yourself. That's actually the part that inspires me the most. Is that there could be a time where these incredible images that we've captured with unmanned aircraft could be seen with human eyes in real life like that just that's the part that's really inspiring to me and really amazing to me what about you ron
2: yeah images of the earth for sure from apollo All you know, the uh, humans that have gone out of earth orbit looking back at the whole planet are yeah, you know, very spectacular and inspiring yeah all the you know so many Im- images that come down from the space station you'd, you'd think <laughs> you'd after like 17 years of being the people living on the space station that you'd kind of run out of the things to see, but no, it's different and new stuff all the time.
0: I definitely, and, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. And to see them live and just like, oh, hey, yeah, here's this picture from earlier today is, is pretty amazing.
0: I like the I like the live cams, I think. But yeah, we yes. get to see like yes. the aurora borealis as they happen. That's crazy. Yeah. It kind of makes my feet tingle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, some of the astronauts talk about, Plato you know, flying right through them in the space station. They feel like they're flying right through them. They're right in the midst of them. would be unbelievably spectacular
0: is it wow is it bad for you like it is it bad to go through those i don't know these things there's
2: excess radiation they get radiation from the sun sometimes on the space station where they have to like shelter in place if there's a big solar flare or something
0: all right well um if you could if you could pick any place in the solar system to like visit or like travel there on like Virgin Galactic vehicle or whichever mm-hmm. vehicle would take you there. Um, where would, where, where would you two love to go? Maybe not together. You could, you know, independently. What have
2: you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love to go with Katie and Brendan. It'd be fun. <laughs> so uh, For me, earth for sure is, is the number one. I don't, you know, if I could go somewhere, I mean, that that's actually maybe even possible. The moon would be spectacular just to see the earth and, and have that voyage. I mean, that's something that could happen in my lifetime is that the, they might have You know, trips that go around the moon and back. I don't think I could ever afford something like that, but some people may do it. Uh, Other than that, Saturn would be the place for me. Love to see the rings. Oh, yeah. Images that that Cassini spacecraft took out there. Yeah. Really, really amazing.
1: Yeah. It's it's kind of the same for me, actually. I think the moon is probably the most realistic one to expect to be able to have happen, you know, and within the next however many years that I'm still living. So I think, I think that's probably a, a fairly doable and realistic expectation that that could be something that's possible. Even with Virgin Galactic, I mean, the, the thought that, especially with Richard and, and the, the whole host of, of companies, that the possibility of having something incredible like a hotel on the moon, I think, is maybe not as... Hmm. Completely out of the realm of possibilities as it could have been, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. Really, anything, anything. I love, I love Earth. Obviously, she's our, she's our home ship, and I, I would always want to come back to her. But I think the possibility of exploration of any number of, of other planets, I would, I would take the first opportunity to go anywhere, anywhere to see what it looks like for myself.
2: Well, your Earth you're, orbit, well, you're, Earth you're, orbit would be good.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you get a lot, especially with Earth. Like, there's so many things that are alive. But I think, I think it'd be. Though I don't know, Ron. This isn't like maybe Ron. You're a good writer as well. But like Katie, you're kind of known for your writing. So like sending you around might be like a really good thing because you could be like you talk about <laughs> it on a technical level. Like, oh, I'm seeing this aurora borealis, and this is what it means. And like uh, have like a daily travel log. So I'm sure, Ron, you're a good writer, too. <laughs> not to, like, leave you out of that.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, but that's, I think, a great thing about uh, Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin is that you'll have dozens, hundreds, thousands of people seeing the Earth from space. Not not in, not from orbit. Uh, it won't be that kind of experience, but to, to be that high off the planet and away from the planet and, and looking down at it is going to be transformative in a lot of ways. And you'll see... And, having a a wider cross-section of people, you know, that can write, that can, you know, write poetry or, you know, make art, you know, related to their experiences, is going to be a really profound thing, I think. And that's, that's what's exciting to me about the whole thing. It's like the five to seven year timeline of having so many thousands of people, you know, probably hundreds thousands of hundreds or thousands of people seeing the earth from space is going to have a lot of positive uh, changes for the earth
0: recently Virgin Galactic had a really big like milestone or like some in the news like about two weeks ago what, what is it like to be on the inside of the organization when something like that happens uh, for uh, I think it's Rons turn
2: oh well I'm I'm a, I'm a customer there of theirs, so I'm seeing it more from the outside they share a lot of that information and you know they're what they're doing a test flight they'll they'll have Twitter notifications about it so if you follow them on Twitter you could see uh, pictures and uh, you can also follow along online at Flight Radar twenty four. You can track the, the spaceship as it's as it's flying. Katie knows really more of what it's like. You've been out, I'm guessing, on the flight line to actually see it take off and land.
1: I have, right. yeah. Um every every time that we have a flight test, because we're out here in Mojave and that's you know, that's where we're testing, but it's also where most of us work. Um when we have a flight test we are all invited out to the flight line with our friends and family even. Um, to join in on the celebration and to watch it in person and and experience what that feels like is, is pretty incredible. I mean, it's pretty incredible to be working next to a spaceship every day anyway. So that's kind mm. of more than what most people get. But to top that off with seeing it in action, it's almost like watching your, your child take its first steps and watching it progress in its life, it's kind of almost the same feeling. I don't have kids yet, but I'm imagining that that's what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Because the way that we all just, we every time something changes, whether it's, you know, the first takeoff, or the first release, or the first time we engage the feathering system, or the first time we've let the rocket motor, every, every time that it's been a first, we all are experiencing the exact same like holding of our breaths and, and excitement. And it's just a completely different feeling than it is on a day to day basis. It's that wonderful reminder that this is why we're doing what we're doing. And this is the experience that we're looking for is, is just seeing her in flight and seeing her be successful. It's just incredible.
0: Those those, you know, landings and takeoffs, do you ever, like think of it in a a technical sense, make content from it? Or are you just like completely just experiencing?
1: um it's mostly just experiencing the moment um as a as a technical writer here most of what i'm documenting is the maintenance that's required for the vehicles so anything that we're removing or installing or servicing the vehicle with any of the procedures that they need to perform even with with flight days i mean the procedures that they're performing to get the vehicle mated together and get the vehicle outside and prepare for takeoff. All of those things are all things that we have to have documented. So I do see it more in a technical view than I would have otherwise. That I'm kind of seeing the the procedures play out in reality, but I'm also just experiencing it as you know a spectator and not so much as I have to sit here and, and take notes and and observe and write something about it afterwards. Unless I want to. I mean, I do on occasion. Um, write things for our internal newsletter and stuff like that. But it's not usually for, you know, it's not usually for a flight day. That's usually just about experiencing it for ourselves as a spectator and getting to celebrate, you know, having had that really unique perspective of being an employee and having that, that inside view.
0: Is there a moment that you two are looking forward to seeing? Or I keep saying you too. I I suppose I should direct it at someone, but is there either in Virgin Galactic or you know, outside, is there like some key things coming up that you're excited for? Maybe like your top three.
2: Yeah. They're working through the test program. The first time pilots go into space themselves, the first passengers that go into space will be, yeah, will be particularly exciting. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. It's, it's, it's fun to, to, uh, follow along and keep track of the progress of the program. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting to see them. So, so very, very close to, uh, Completing the goal,
1: I think I for me it's it's probably very similar. I mean, we're not that far away from from having our first full duration burn, which would be that that apex flight, that flight where we actually get to space, where our pilots will get to space. Um, soon after that, we'll then have passengers. We'll have human passengers in the back that aren't actually paying customers. They'll be uh, live dummies, I guess. Not dummies, hmm. smart smarties. I'll call them that they'll get to kind of be the live bodies in the passenger seats that'll be you know, the, the Richards and Rons of the future that'll be sitting there. Um, I'm also really excited to start flying our customers, especially the ones like Ron that we've gotten to know really well over the couple, last couple of years and, and get to celebrate that with them. I think that's part of the fun for us too as employees is that we've gotten to know so many of our future astronauts that we're just really excited for them sure. to experience it like I'm, I'm really looking forward to Ron's flight because uh, mm. I'm expecting an invitation to view it. <laughs> of course,
2: <laughs> of course. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it'll be a few years, I think, away for me, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, when that happens, so, yeah, it's hard to, uh, Probably a third thing for me is, is sharing this experience with students. Um, you know, I've been working for four years now, four plus. Uh, organizing Q and A sessions in, uh, via live video with students and uh, people that work for Galactic and me, me and other people that are going to fly with Galactic, and um, to be able to you know to, to visit a, a classroom full of students and say hey, hey here's here's people flying to space uh, that just happened last week and you know I think that's going to be really inspiring for them and I'm hoping it'll be kind of like an Apollo era kind of inspiration uh, for them as, you know, Apollo flights to the moon were for me.
0: I think there's a lot of, I think space is one of those things that it's, it's really obvious And you know, like you get to see the rocket, you know, take off, you get to see the people doing this stuff, which I think that's why, like when I think of inspirational science, it's one of the things I think of, like, when I think of like, though I, I really love biotech and like the things going on there, like when I think of things that are really inspiring, I think of, you know, Carl Sagan's, uh hmm. series on Cosmos or, or I wasn't alive for the Apollo missions, but I, I watched uh, Apollo 13. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how realistic mm-hmm. that was, but it, it, it's kind of something like that. It was like, you know, cause they were getting, they were doing things that are bold. The um,
2: yeah, did, like the, uh, oh, no, the Apollo, the, the Apollo lunar surface journal online is excellent it's patterned after like an explorer's journal, but uh, it's a minute by minute account of all uh, the time that was spent on the moon uh, w- with interviews from most all the moonwalkers and photos and video linked in. So you could see, gee, what, what did they do on the second day of Apollo 17, you know, and, uh, and and hear the audio and it's uh, you could follow along like, uh, like in real time. It's
0: a great resource. It is awesome. Um, Katie, is there any resources like that that you enjoy and recommend to people?
1: Oh gosh, um, I mean NASA. Their website is a treasure trove of information and photos and videos and even lessons for kids. So if you want to try to explain to your children like what you know, what anything about space, the moon, the Earth, anything, um, they have lessons online that that are really really useful. Um, And of course, I just, I really, really love watching videos from our more recent space exploration, like Blue Origins test flights and, and our own. Um, of course, uh, uh, Elon Musk sending out his, uh, his Tesla out into space is also another pretty incredible Mm -hmm. video to watch. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was really like, an incredible thing and i didn't realize that people disliked it like I, I went on like a couple of my friends were talking and they were like talking about how they thought it was a bad thing i was like what are you talking like that like everyone was talking about that like i I guarantee there's kids that heard of that and saw that that are going to get into science because of it but i, I didn't know mm-hmm. that there was like anyone who didn't like that he took his own vehicle and put it inside of his other own vehicle and, <laughs> and you know fired mm-hmm. it out there it's like it's kind of his prerogative you know but yes. um yeah, I always it always surprises me when people take take issue with things. Like, find more things to work on, I suppose. But so I'm curious, since both of you have had different career trajectories in your lives, uh, Ron, you've been a, a kind of like a, a self starter. Not that not that Katie's not a self starter either. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I have to like be careful what I'm saying. It's like both of you are great. I'm like just a base level. But for people for people who are maybe like in their last year of college or about to go out and they they want to do innovative things they want to maybe get into interesting stuff like what you two are working on you know uh, vice versa is there is there like key things that you've noted as ways for people to actually get involved like on like the the science or like because uh, like sometimes it's difficult to know how to do it when you like maybe like you're just in college you've been learning the science and now you're like oh god now i have to find a way to make money and like build stuff at the same time and hopefully build stuff and make money you know the money part's like the smaller part but like I think navigating a career and getting into it are some of the, my listeners have communicated to me as things they would love to learn more about. So if that made sense, any any mm. thoughts on that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Katie? Yeah, Katie, what do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, so I I kind of found my way into the space industry. Um, I'd always been really interested in, in math and science and I'd always been really good at it, but it wasn't necessarily something that I was, I don't know, maybe overly encouraged to pursue when I was younger. It, I know this sounds really weird, but it just kind of getting here, kind of sort of fell in my lap. Um, I I moved here with my husband, who is an aircraft mechanic, and he's actually the one that that started working for this company first. Um, and then from there, I kind of I kind of had that little bit of an inside scoop because he was inside the company, and um, I started following following what was happening and realizing how incredible this was and how close to being on the brink of something. Really amazing that this company was at. And really, I the thing that worked the best for myself was just being a good self-advocate and knowing where my strengths were. Because I may not have been the most technically inclined when I first got here, but the ability to learn and the ability to express yourself and your opinions well are things that have worked really, really well for me here that I think are they're not the things that necessarily can be trained very easily. You kind of have to be one of those people that is willing to learn new things and willing to collaborate and can get along with others. And really, I think I think half of it is actually more about your personality and not so much about your training because most things here can be trained. Obviously, you know, if you want to be a design engineer, you should probably be an engineer first. But, um, I mean, your, your foot-in-the-door type of route is – also a really good way to go too if, if it's something that you're maybe not sure about or something that like for me I started in a non-technical role I started in, in an administrative position here and then realizing my technical aptitude is where it got me into technical writing that now I am a a woman in a stem career. I am that position that I wanted to be in um, so I don't think it necessarily, has all to do with where you start, but it has to do a lot with where you want to go, and you'll find your way to get there, really.
0: Um, for some reason, maybe I should think of a smarter response to this, but when you said, like, it fell in your lap, I was like, I need to go sit near where, where she's at. <laughs> 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 but um, but it's, it's good to know. That, famous, that, <laughs> yeah. Well... Better like find a really nice husband, I suppose. The um, yeah. but that but, could work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yours is taken. So, but the um, obviously yeah. yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'll slowly woo him. I don't know. Why I'm going down this line, but so, <laughs> so, so um, I now distracted myself. And but um, there's this question that I think I think what you said, Katie. Just to, like echo the point real quick. I think the the idea that sometimes, and I've even had people email me questions about how to get into things and they're saying oh should i get a phd in you know wizardry or whatever they want because they want to be like dumbledore and um that clearly they don't want those things that just for people who are listening like no one has messaged me being like how do i become a wizard in harry potter but the so, like a lot of them it's like they put up these like roadblocks where they say oh i, I need these these things first and sometimes maybe you do you know like if you're a nurse if you want to become a neurosurgeon please get a, a medical degree before you do that but like sometimes like with katie like you you got a job in there and you're you're learning kind of on the on the job like how to become an um I think it's an engineer if memory serves but like you're gonna be doing like really technical things with your with your hands i really hope you're not like becoming like a designer and i'm like completely off base but like (laughs) there's like different ways to go about it where i think sometimes instead of seeing what you don't have to get something done like maybe think like hey what do i have like what assets do i have like hey i'm a a funny person and i know how to write really well and you know my husband's awesome and he can help me out (laughs) but like like i think everyone has like skill sets that like if they apply them right you know, like what you were saying, Katie, like a lot of it is just being a good person and being curious. Um, you can kind of like navigate yourself in there and hopefully you're not trying to be a brain surgeon without a, uh, you know, a medical degree, but like mm-hmm. there's, there's other ways of doing it. But so there's this, this, this book, there's this question I, I heard recently because I, I watched a lot of interviews trying to learn how to be a better interviewer. Um, you know, maybe it's working. I don't know. But the, mm-hmm. the, they, this was like a, um what's his name? It's Peter, Peter Thiel. He asked this question where he says, what's something that's true that most people would disagree with? And so I'm curious, are there things that you think about in the space community that like you think is true that, but most people like the general public just wouldn't maybe agree or would be aware of, if that makes sense?
2: Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Um, I think, well, I guess for one, I'd say uh, SpaceX and they think that it's really just kind of Elon Musk's thing, but it's not, it's, it's. He started the company, heads the company, but they've been operating since like the early two thousands with billions of dollars of government funding, so they're really building these rockets with government money, and yeah, I'm not really can't speak in any kind of with any expertise about you know how all that works, but it seems to me that it's not a whole lot different from nasa in the 60s contracting with boeing and McDonnell douglas and grumman to build the parts of the apollo rocket so nasa really doesn't build a lot of things in house i think i think they contract a lot of stuff out and oversee the design Uh, but i think spacex has had more influence on the design and uh those kinds of things but you know that's a little bit out of the out of my specialty so a little uh, conjecture there
0: what about you, Katie?
1: I think that a lot of people probably believe that it takes you know thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and hours and millions of dollars, billions even to make a program like ours, the Virgin Galactic's, possible. I think that they probably assume there's more way more people that work here that actually do um, to make to make something like this possible. I think that I think people underestimate the ability of a strong, small group to make some incredible things happen because, you know, you you look back at the number of people that it took to get, to get people on the moon at the start. And now we're working to get everyday people to experience what the earth looks like from space. Um, it's not as big of a group as, as I think most people imagine. I mean, there's only something like, you know, 750 people, that probably sounds like a fairly decent number, but it's less than a thousand people that work for our companies that are building spaceships and motherships and operating a vehicle to get us to space. I think, I think people perhaps underestimate the ability of, of a really small, smart group of people to make and affect change. I think that could be applied to a number of things that it doesn't take thousands of people to make change happen. It doesn't take a huge group. It doesn't take a collective brain to make that happen. It can be a select small group of people making small changes over time, using things that have been proofed concepts before and making it into something different that can really change the world.
2: Yeah, let me add something, let me add something to that. I'll, I'll say the thickness of our atmosphere and, and Earth as a planet. People will understand the Earth spinning spinning 1,000 miles at the equator. It's moving around the sun and that the atmosphere around the Earth is a really, really thin shell of air. It's you know, The last galactic flight went to 170,000 feet. So it's about 30 miles, and they were above 99.9% of the atmosphere. You know, the the thickness of the atmosphere is, is on a scale of like a classroom globe, like a 12-inch globe. Now, the thickness of the atmosphere is about the thickness of a paper clip laid on the globe huh. and when you're above the height of the, the pit the thickness of the paper clip you're in space and uh everything a lot everything that's alive on earth is in that sh- narrow shell and i think more and more people seeing and experiencing that will will help kind of get people to realize that but you know i think for the most part you know people look up in the sky and they think it goes on way way you know really far and it's really not you think you're going thirty miles or sixty miles on the ground? It's not very far, but if you went straight up, you're in the vacuum of space.
0: That that's one of the things that kind of freaks me out because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I drive a lot, and I just think if I if I went straight up instead of driving horizontally, <laughs> I would be suffocating. Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me touch on uh, your other question about careers. I think. I mean. I do all my space related things in, in volunteer programs. Um uh, doesn't doesn't relate to, to you know, at my job. But um from what I see, you know, I don't think anybody working at Galactic or anybody that's signed up to fly with them would have thought fifteen years ago that, you know, this would be what we what would be where we'd be right now. It's unless you're on like an engineering track or very specific thing. I think if you're in college and, and you're looking for Say, if you want to work for a company like Virgin Galactic or Blue Origin, a great place to start is is doing a search online for their job sites and what jobs are being offered. I mean, if you search for Virgin Galactic careers, there's a few dozen things there, and you can get a really specific idea of you know what people that are getting hired uh, bring to that opportunity. Uh, and I think it's really uh, an idea of being ready, finding something you really love doing, and being ready to work hard at being really good at it. And I think from what I've seen, the people that work for Galactic, there's a, one, there's a common quality is that they're curious. I think it was, you're, you're exactly right when you said that. And uh, enthusiastic about, about what they're doing and have passion and are creative. You know, they might you know be building model rockets in their spare time, or they might have made something that, you know, uh, they had to do a lot of iterations on to get it working, you know, mechanical kinds of things too. Mm -hmm. So
0: Uh, thank you for the addition. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a series. I'm trying to make it stop. I can kind of, okay, good. The, I heard myself for a second and like (laughs) echo, but so unless I developed a mental, but the, so I'm working, hopefully not true, but the, so I'm, (laughs) so I'm working on a series on longevity and about like 50% of the way through at this point with all the experts on it uh in it in mm-hmm. that subject and it, it, first of all it, it seems like we're really close to like some really interesting breakthroughs but it's led me to ask this question to my guests to to kind of like probe different perspectives like different takes on the world and so if you could if you could give longevity and just like let's just call it immortality for now just as like a simplistic like hey they live a really long time and instead mm-hmm. of being like oh they live three times as long or what have you which is more like what's going to happen but if you could give longevity in this way to two people past or present and they can't be people you love or are friends with no let's just call it love you can be friends with them and maybe, <laughs> maybe you want to put richard up there or something but um so who would you pick and why just uh, starting with i think uh katie yeah you're the next
2: mm, person wow
1: oh gosh no pressure um i think i think one would actually probably be stephen hawking i think his contribution in the past was only just getting started And I think he had a wealth of knowledge that we could have used and would continue to have used for much longer had he been able to stay with us longer. Um, So that would be one for me. Um, I'll have to maybe think a second on the second one, but maybe Ron's thought of one already. Yeah, Yeah, we can swap
0: out. (laughs) There you go. Okay,
2: cool. Carl Sagan.
0: Oh, that guy's awesome.
2: There's a guy, I think, people who are visionary and uh, humanitarian and you know brilliant in 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 their ways. Yeah, Einstein those kinds of things. Uh Stephen Hawking's a great one. Uh just for realizing, you know, the depth of things in you know, innovative ways. And in the ways that weren't imagined before. It's a heightened it's an elevated thinking.
0: Well, I yeah. the I I my my response one of the ones I'd pick would is Einstein as well. But I also think like if Einstein was still alive to the day, like he almost like breaks the matrix. Like I think he, he had like such <laughs> such like we're like <laughs> 60 years later and we're still like figuring out things that he said yeah. or like that he wrote. And yeah. it's like if he still was alive, I feel like we we have such a great understanding of the universe that it would be just like astronomically different. But but what yeah. about you Katie? Do you have a, a last one or last two?
1: Uh, I have not thought of a second one, unfortunately. <laughs> That's yeah. My there honestly there are just there are just so many people that have passed away that could have contributed to this new era in space exploration that it's just I, I can't pick another one, like just no. anyone. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, i like the richard branson idea yeah yeah, so I was, doing yeah. a lot of good things
0: yeah I, well i was thinking it's like if you want some good job security I, i'll throw richard branson in there mm-hmm.
2: it's
0: like richard i, I gave yeah. you immortality in this hypothetical on this podcast you'll be like <laughs> i approve
2: <laughs>
0: so um all right then uh for the last question are there any good books or i think ron you recommended a good book to me but I, i'm kind of I'm biasing the, I'm putting my thumb on the scale, but are there any good books or resources you'd love to leave people with to maybe get them excited about what's going on in space? Or Virgin Galactic, if you hmm, want to be like really I, narrow.
2: Yeah, or Galactic. Um, boy, I mean, Galactic's making history right now. So, uh, <laughs> you know, those, the, the, the resources about Galactic are really uh, online. Um, and yeah, there's, I read Peter DeMontis' book, Abundance, a while ago that was that was really good uh, it's just really fresh thinking, positive thinking on how technological advances can solve you know so many problems uh in the world uh and how media has mass media especially you know has the inclination to lead with negative things and you get the impression that you know the world's falling apart and it's and it's there's you know it's just gonna be one disaster after another. But, uh, it's really, you know, uh, there, there's not, there's, there's a lot of really great things that are happening, you know, child mortality and health and, you know, so many other things, longevity. Um, I think it's a really exciting time, uh, to, to follow that, that kind of thing.
1: Oh gosh. So many things. Um, so Alan Stern's book, uh, chasing new horizons. It's about the mission to Pluto. That one's really great. Um, also, Scott Kelly, his book after coming back and spending a year in space is pretty incredible. Um, I mean, gosh, literally, pretty much anything space related. I mean, especially, especially if we think about um, the fact that if we're if we are trying to become a a space faring community, effectively, um, the need to be able to grow food in space is going to be crucial. Um, so it's not necessarily the the space nerds that we're going to need more of, um, it could be the, the doctors, the physicians, the, the, the botanists, the Mark Watleys of the world, um, just any, any number of specialties. It's not just about the science part of it specific to space, but it's also the human part of it and how our health is affected by space travel and how food is the lack of the ability to grow things or the, having figured out how to properly grow things in space um, will not only affect space travel and the ability to explore that way, but could also affect things back on Earth, which has been the really incredible thing that has happened each time we've had this space boom. You know, Back with NASA, the fact that we have a podcast being recorded on a cell phone is thanks to space exploration, mm-hmm. cell phones and MRI machines and any number of things that we have thanks to space exploration that could be affecting change on earth 10 20 years from now you know ending famine perhaps and and you know infant mortality rates and any number of things that exploring space might solve a lot of other problems that we're seeing here on earth
2: yeah let me add some things uh yes scott kelly's book endurance is fabulous great uh give you a great understanding of what it's like to to live on a space station, how difficult it really is. Just the quality of the air, the air scrubber, uh, the CO2 scrubber, the problems that that posed for him and you know, being away for so long uh, and in such a dangerous environment. There's so many things that could go wrong that could kill you. Uh, really enlightening. um There's a great book by Mary Roach called Packing for Mars that's really entertaining. uh She... Goes into a lot of the questions about uh, what it would take to to get to Mars and survive there. You know, seven months uh, just to get there, and you know, being so far away that you know you're at your farthest point. A uh, conversation takes uh, 40 minutes for uh, you know uh, just a signal or or words to go out and back at the speed of light, and it's so I to a conversation when you know she. I've fallen down, I've broken my leg, and I'm okay, now I'm going to wait 40 minutes for them to get back to me, you know. Um, (laughs) And then there's a short book by uh, Carlo Rovelli called Seven Brief Lessons on Physics that I've uh, got an audiobook, and I've got a hard copy. And he, if you're interested in in Einstein and and gravity and quantum mechanics, uh, the small particle stuff, uh, he, Rovelli, explains it and reads the audiobook um, in in a... in a way that really makes it, makes it easy to makes it easier to understand. It's not a long book, but the the first chapter on Einstein and gravity I've read like three or four times, and it's uh, really got a different understanding of how that all works.
0: And that was Ron and Katie at the Spaceship Company. Check the show notes for links to the website, the LinkedIn's, and the Twitters. I would recommend following them on Twitter. I have done the same. And you can kind of get really interesting updates that way. If you like this content, especially the second half, please let me know because I'm trying a little bit more, kind of like a Joe Rogan type thing to see uh, if people like that a little bit more and communicating kind of really interesting science topics. Other than that, I want to inform people before we go that there is a new way to show support for the podcast and to keep it advertisement free from now until forever, which is called Patreon. If you go to Patreon and look for Learning with Lowell, you'll see this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We can be found on Twitter at Lowell this year Facebook, and on the website, learningwithlowell.com. Also sign up for the newsletter where you can hear amazing content every Monday, new episodes every Tuesday, and new blog posts around every Thursday. Remember to share and tell your friends, please and thank you.